folks, welcome to this week's episode of the Legal Beagle Podcast. I have to say right off the bat, I I never get sick of that opening soundtrack. I love it. Uh, it reminds me of a carnival. And since we're in a day and age where carnivals are not going to happen for a little bit more time, I'm thankful I have the memories of visiting carnivals as a kid. This week, I want to talk about a, I guess, an experience that I had recently and how it relates to what's now changed in the legal environment. Let me start out by explaining what an arbitration is because it'll set the table for what I'm about to share with you. In some cases, the courts require that parties go to arbitration to try to resolve their matter before it escalates to a trial court. In other cases, arbitration is mandatory based on language in the contract, and sometimes the parties may just agree to arbitrate. Now, what does arbitration mean? Arbitration is a little different than what you would think of in a traditional trial sense because in arbitration, you have an arbitrator who's appointed or could be selected by the parties, and it could be a panel. Sometimes there's up to three people who will arbitrate, and that person or people will make the decision on the case. They'll decide who's responsible, how much they should pay, etc. That person also will and has the power to admit or deny admission of evidence, they can make rulings during the arbitration. They have the power to swear in witnesses so that those witnesses are under oath. So it is similar to some of the procedures you would go through for a trial, but dissimilar, dissimilar in the sense that it's a bit more informal. You may conduct this arbitration in a conference room at an attorney's office it can happen in a courtroom. That's often not the case, but that's a possibility. And you're you're sitting around with these, the opposing party. So I was going to say these individuals. You're sitting around with the opposing party and the arbitrator or panel of arbitrators. You may have witnesses testify, but the rules are, usually allow a lot of things to occur that you wouldn't be able to do in a trial setting. So for example... You can have deposition, testimony, uh, just admitted. You can have medical records or any sort of record related to the case admitted without having to go through the proper foundational uh, process of, of getting the document in into evidence. So there are certain things that are easier to do, and it's less formal than what you would get in a courtroom. You do not have a jury, so there's no voir dire and, and jury selection. And the decision maker is that arbitrator or panel of arbitrators. The reason I tell you all of this is because it is sometimes a stepping stone to get to trial. Sometimes courts require that you have to go through this process of arbitration. And We've done ton of, a ton of these at our law firm. It's not a, a very difficult step to take, but you have to prepare for it, and you definitely want to prepare for it 
like you were preparing for trial because it does affect the outcome of the case and you don't want to take it lightly just because it may be mandated by the court and so it's it's just a step you have to satisfy before you get to a trial. I recently had one of these and here's what's changed in the legal landscape. Every arbitration that I've had before recently has been in a courtroom or in a conference room. It has never been done virtually. And things are now changing and have changed because of COVID-19. And people are not necessarily meeting in or gathering in the same space as one another if there are reasonable alternatives available. So in the case that I recently arbitrated, the arbitrator asked the parties if they were comfortable with setting the arbitration in a virtual way using like a service, go to meeting, WebEx, Zoom, and doing the arbitration that way. That's, that was an interesting proposition for me because I hadn't ever done one that way. And I was actually excited to be able to arbitrate a case that way because it's just such a unique experience. Normally you, you, when you're talking to someone, you see their reaction and you see how they're responding, whether it's the arbitrator, a witness, opposing counsel, whoever, when you're doing everything virtually, you have a screen. And so you're looking into your camera and you're not necessarily getting feedback from the person or people that you're talking to, because even though they may be on the screen as well, you can't, you can't do both. You can't look at the camera and really present well and look at the person that you're speaking to and try to gauge the reaction. It's one or the other, which then has some challenges in and of itself because you're in a situation where if you're staring at the person you're talking to, you're not actually looking at the camera, which means you're looking off and not having, uh, I think, a fair conversation with the person that you're conversing with. So it was unique in that regard, but it was also really enlightening because I realized after doing this that we should be doing more of these, that we should be allowing parties to conduct arbitrations, mediations, and other hearings remotely. Now, there are courts that are already testing the idea of doing trials remotely, and I haven't done one of those, although I would be the first to raise my hand and say I'll try it because I think it's you have to adapt to these changes and you have to embrace the technology that's available to us and use it in a workable way that allows for you to be successful. Let me take you through a couple of things that occurred during this arbitration. It went off without a hitch, just so you know. There weren't really any hiccups. There weren't any technology hiccups. I think at one point I noticed that one of the witnesses, their screen froze, but their audio didn't fail. And so you could still hear them. You just saw the same image for a second. Eventually the lag caught up and, and it wasn't a problem. There were times where the arbitrator had to make decisions on objections and various rulings in the case. And they were able to do that without any real disruptions because both attorneys were respectful of the arbitrator and allowed the arbitrator to make uh, those rulings. So it wasn't like there was a lot of people talking over one another, which I imagine if you've ever used any of these web services like Zoom, GoToMeeting, WebEx, you know, even if you're on the phone with friends or family, 
what happens is everyone starts cross-talking and you have all these different conversations occurring and then it just looks like a jumbled mess. That didn't occur at all. Everyone was very conscientious of the platform that we were using and it allowed for things to flow very well. And I was very, very encouraged, I think is maybe one word, but also excited about how this turned out because I realized it can work and it can work again and again. And it changes the way that we practice law a little bit because the plaintiff was at home. The defendant, I think, was at work. The arbitrator was, I believe, at home. I think the other attorney was at work. But the point is you could be wherever you are, wherever you're most comfortable. Everyone was still dressed very professionally. There was no issues there at all. It wasn't like we weren't still in the same room together. We were just in a virtual room. And it, it encouraged me because I realized that if they c it can happen in kind of a test Petri dish like my experience, then it can happen in a larger, on a larger scale. And I think that will change the way that law is practiced a bit because, listen, getting everyone together in a conference room or a courtroom to do an arbitration or any sort of hearing, even if it may be a mediation, is difficult. It's, it's challenging. There's travel. There's uh, just the coordination of everyone's time and schedule. It's a lot easier to schedule something and have everyone just meet online than it would be to meet in person. There are people on the other side of this that will say you lose that personal interaction and you lose that really vital piece of connecting with other human beings when you're not in the same room. I personally would disagree with that. I don't think that's true. I think you can connect by sharing your screen and looking at other parties involved or other people involved through the, the video platforms that are available. I don't think I lost any of that. I didn't feel less connected. I didn't feel distant. I didn't feel like my message wasn't relayed properly. These are my impressions, right? I don't know how others receive that. I know others have done these before. This isn't novel. This isn't the first time an arbitration has ever been done on a virtual platform. This is the first time I've ever done one. But this has happened before, and it's common to do depositions that way because deponents may live in other states and travel may be challenging. And so people may just jump on a virtual platform and do a deposition that way. But this was an entire arbitration hearing, which is essentially like a mini trial. You have an opening, you have direct examination of witnesses, cross-examination, rebuttals. You go into your case in chief, you have closing argument, you have rebuttal close. So you have all of the same elements that would exist in a trial, but it was, it's just condensed and it's certainly on a, on a, in a shorter time frame. But I thought it was fascinating and I really, really enjoyed the experience. And I would, I would hope that what comes from that is that more people opt for this. Now you have to have agreement from the parties to do this unless there's an order from the court or there's a rule change, and, and I, I hope that the powers that be, and I know that I have a voice in that as an active attorney, really encourage the rules to change to allow for these things to happen 
without having to go to court and argue that they should happen that way because it kind of defeats the entire purpose if you have to show up in a courtroom to just argue that the arbitration should be happening happening virtually but there were depositions that had to be played in the arbitration and you you know I was able to just share my screen there were exhibits that the other attorney wanted to share and they were just able to share their screen and show the exhibits. And again, I, there were no, from a, a process standpoint, from a, a perspective of how smooth this thing went, there were literally zero hiccups. It really went off so, so well. And, and I hope that not only did it do a great job of keeping people safe by not having people congregate in a communal space and possibly spreading COVID-19. But I hope the evolution of this is that we embrace these sorts of technologies and we embrace these sorts of options that are available to us because so much more convenient for everyone. As a plaintiff or even as a defendant, to have to be put through this process can be challenging, both physically and mentally. And to get the, the comfort of being in your own space takes a lot of that stress away. And I know that firsthand from talking to my client about, about their experience. And so it's, it's something that I hope that more people embrace. I wanted to at least share a little bit about that because it's so fresh in my mind. And, and it was also such a, a novel experience for me personally, not novel to the world of law. And for those that can make these decisions and can effectuate change. I hope that we can have a productive conversation about evolving into allowing these things to happen on more on a more continual basis absent COVID-19 or any sort of issue that would prevent people from getting together in person. Look, I love I love getting together in person. I have no problem. I want to be in a courtroom. It's where I go to work. It's where I do my job. But if there are reasonable ways to do that and it's better for all parties involved, then I'm all for it. And so I just wanted to share that story with you guys and let you know about that experience. If you have any questions about that process or even want to engage in a discussion with me about your opinion about how this may fall on the other side of the table in terms of missing that that connection, that in-person connection, I'd love to discuss it with you. My contact information can be found on our website, negrettilaw.com. Until next time, thanks guys.